Ladies and gentlemen, you can feel it in the air. Kentucky football is almost back, and I am absolutely thrilled to talk about these offensive pieces the Wildcats have brought in. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be going back over some conversations that we had about some of Kentucky's skill players on offense, some of you guys have been asking for some football-related content. I've been putting it in the second half of the or in the in the back half of the show uh, as of late. So I'm going to have this entire show here dedicated to football. Going to talk about Kentucky's wide receivers and their running back group, and just kind of off of that, talk about what this offense could be as a whole for the Wildcats. Lots of really really good things coming out of camp right now. Deion Walker being a huge problem overall the team offensively with Devin Leary uh, really firing on all cylinders. I know that some people were a little skeptical about what Devin Leary would be able to do whenever he entered the SEC, but I, I truly am excited to see what this offense looks like with him at the helm because it's sounding like my thought about him potentially being the best quarterback in the Southeastern Conference uh, is not that far of a stretch. In fact, we're probably going to talk about that sometime very soon. Also, just want to remind you guys, if you've not subscribed to the YouTube channel already, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on podcasts, please follow along wherever you are listening. Their podcast numbers have been really good as of late, so please would appreciate it if you guys continue to subscribe and review and let me know what you think about the show. All right, let's go ahead and get into the SEC wide receiver duo. So we've been talking a little bit on this show recently. Now that college football is finally back, uh, or at least it's about to be back, in case you're wondering, we will be counting Iowa's points here in the top right of your screen, or top left of your screen, rather, if you're listening on YouTube, if uh, you're listening on podcast. We have an Iowa point tracker uh, for the Hawkeyes this upcoming season. They need to average 25 points per game so that their uh, their offensive coordinator does not get a penalty and a fine and potentially get fired. It'll be even funnier if Kentucky ends up playing them in a bowl game for the third year in a row, which could happen. That's kind of why we're paying attention to it, partially because we're college football fans here and partially because I just think it is really, really funny. But uh, college football is almost back, and so that means we're having some conversations about the Kentucky offense, the defense, what we're thinking about Devin Leary, what we're thinking about this team early on in their schedule. Got some really easy, quote-unquote, games to tackle before you take on Vanderbilt in Week 4. But something I said on yesterday's show that I would like to back up here today, and nobody's really questioned it, I, I just want to kind of explain myself further because I, I really do think that Kentucky has one of the best wide receiver duos in the SEC. So last season, if you'll back up with me for a second, Kentucky came into the year excited but cautiously optimistic about their receiver room. I asked Mark Stoops about this at SEC Media Days a year ago, and he said that it may be the most talented receiver room he's ever had at Kentucky. Not necessarily individual play, an individual player, but the room. It's the most talented room that he's had during his time with the Wildcats. And Dane Key, Barry and Brown, they were big pickups through the, uh, for the, through the 2021 or 2022 recruiting class, rather, I should say. 
And through the transfer portal, you got a wide receiver transfer from Virginia Tech in Tavion Robinson. All three of those guys are back. And you had the best, I think, freshman wide receiver duo, arguably in the country, last year in Key and Brown. Brown getting over 600 yards receiving. Key getting 519 and six tutties. Tavion Robinson being back in this room. I mean, this is just a great core for Devin Leary to throw to. With Liam Cohen as the OC, talked about it yesterday, I think that this offense can go to heights that it's not seen in a hot minute. I'm very, very thrilled about what UK has done on that side of the ball to kind of revamp things as we head into the 2023 season. But I said on yesterday's show, not only were they one of the best last year, one of the best duos, I think as sophomores, they'll be looking to build upon hot starts to their Kentucky careers. Wildcatstoday.com, if you want to go check out this list that I'll be reading from here today to kind of take a look at some other duos in the SEC that I think are comparable or maybe even better than what Kentucky has up here with Key and Brown. Starting off here, I really am intrigued to see what Ole Miss is as a football team this year. I don't think that their defense is going to be good. And their offense has one of the best running backs in the entire nation. Will they stick with that? Or will they let whatever quarterback they start, it's probably going to be Jackson Dart, will they let whatever quarterback they choose air the ball out a little bit, as Lane Kiffin has been known to do in seasons past? Well, if they do elect to do uh, to uh, to choose, if they elect to do that, they've got a couple of really talented receivers that I think could pop off. Uh, Zachary Franklin is the first one I want to discuss here. He had over 3,300 career receiving yards in his four years at UTSA, and he transferred into Ole Miss this offseason. He had over 1,000 receiving yards last year with the Roadrunners. Really, really solid receiver. Great production, great experience. He's probably going to be their lead guy. If it's not him, you could also put Trey Harris, who had over 900 receiving yards last year at Louisiana Tech. You could put him here as well to pair up with Zachary Franklin and then Jordan Watkins, who, if I'm not mistaken, transferred in from Louisville a couple of years ago, and he was the third uh, lead rece- third leading receiver on the team last year. He's actually the leading receiver heading into this year um, statistically. So you've got three different guys there in Franklin, Watkins, and Trey Harris that I think could pair up. You could get one of the two of the three there, and I, I think that you could form one of the best receiver duos in the SEC. Because... Three, three of those guys have not proven to be statistically better than Dane Key and Barry and Brown in the Southeastern Conference. I think it's difficult to sit here and say, okay, well, they're automatically going to be better. And if you talk about just raw numbers, Kentucky's probably going to throw the ball a little bit more than Ole Miss is this year. And I know what Mark Stoops said about getting back to running the football, and they've got Ray Davis, and I think they're going to do that. But I think as a whole, Kentucky's probably going to be more offensively March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think they're going to run more plays, and they're going to be—they're going to get more opportunities about through both passing and running the football. So that's just my my opinion on that. Alabama obviously is going to have players in here. 
I'm a little concerned about Alabama's passing game this upcoming season. Their lead receiver from a year ago had 670-ish receiving yards. That was Jermaine Burton, transferred in from Georgia. And I would say this duo, if you're going to pair Burton up with somebody, I think it's got to be Malik Benson, who is a four-star receiver, Juco prospect, number one player in the Juco ranks, uh, borderline five-star, by the way. I mean, he was pushing it. And he's got elite speed compared to Jamison Williams, another receiver that Bama's had recently that just had phenomenal speed and great body control. Uh, so you've got Jermaine Burton, you've got Malik Benson, Ja'Cory Brooks, who was second on the team in receiving yards last year, had over a little over 600 as well. Um, you could slide him in here to pair with Burton or Benson. Again, three really good receivers that you could take two of the three and make a great grouping to go against Kentucky's. But again, I really like the speed and the overall ability of Dane Key and Barry and Brown. They showed the ability to get 50-50 balls. They showed the ability to create separation. Brown himself, I think, is a great kick returner as well. We got to see that at multiple points last season. So I think just the the potential of Devin Leary combined with both Brown and Key, I think it's really difficult to top this year in the SEC. By the way, I'll just go ahead and say it. LSU is not on here. South Carolina is not on here. Malik Neighbors and Antoine Wells are great receivers in their own in their own rights, but they don't have a better pairing, uh, I think, than Kentucky does in Brown and Key. Texas A&M. This may be. I, I think if if you pair them, uh, if you pair this offensive core up with a more competent coaching staff, and I think that that's fair to say right now, this could be the best receiver room in the SEC and top five in the country. Evan Stewart, former five star. Anaya Smith coming back from injury, just a blazer, just a burner, uh, both in the kick return game and offensively. Uh, Evan Stewart, Anaya Smith, I think is your pairing here. Great, 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 great duo. I would love to have these receivers. Moose Muhammad also could fall here. All three of these receivers are great in their own right. Smith has speed. Stewart has insane body control. Go back and watch that Alabama game. Muhammad has veteran experience, and on top of that, an awesome name in Moose Muhammad. This could be my favorite receiving core in all of college football this year. If they had a competent offense and a quarterback that can consistently get the ball to them uh, under Jimbo Fisher, I, I think that they would be very fun to watch. But Anai Smith, Evan Stewart, definitely up there with Dane, Dane Key and Barry and Brown. And then the final grouping I want to get to here, and I think that this is going to be on everybody's list if you're going through receiver duos in the league, uh, Brew McCoy and Squirrel White of Tennessee. You look at what Tennessee's doing on offense right now underneath Josh Heupel, and there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not, uh, without Hendon Hooker, Tennessee can continue to replicate the production that they had just a couple of or just a season ago with Joe Milton, who's a little bit more inconsistent. I, I think that you're going to have some statistic. You're going to have a little bit of a statistical dip here. But Brew McCoy, 667 yards last year, which was second on the team. Squirrel White averaged 16 yards per catch. I mean, those are two. Really, really good receivers, and I think that they are going to be lifted up because of the passing attack, attack around them and Joe Milton. So if you have any thoughts on Kentucky's receiver room compared to everybody else in the SEC, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. I, I'm really, really curious to see what this passing attack looks like underneath Liam Cohen this upcoming season. Want to talk about Ray Davis and the rushing attack here in just a second and how he could be one of the best backs in the SEC? Before we dive into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. 
These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate everybody making Locked On Kentucky their first listen every single day. It's been such an exciting August building up to Kentucky football's season opener. Very excited to tackle that here with you guys in just a week or so. Going to be breaking down that game and breaking down the month of September. I think that we can really feel comfortable about kind of projecting out here these first three weeks. It's going to be three wins in a row. Knock on wood, fingers crossed. But I I really do think that we're going to be discussing more about like the nuance, the little details, the things about the offense and the defense. Has the running game gotten better? Has the passing attack really looked as sharp and as polished as we expect it to be? Is everybody still healthy? Because once you get to that week four game against Vanderbilt, things do kind of change. But man, I, I really do think that the beginning of the season is a great time for the Wildcats to kind of readjust if, if there are some things that need to be changed out of the gates coming out of fall camp. So very, very excited to get to that with you guys. And obviously, we're going to be talking a lot of basketball as well. So make sure if you're not subscribed on the YouTube channel already, please, again, go ahead and hit, hit that subscribe button. It's free. Not going to hold you hostage here. Uh, but I would appreciate it if you joined uh, the club here. Also, if you're listening on podcast, join the club there. Uh, if you want to follow along and subscribe, make sure you download the episodes as well. That would be much appreciated. So, Ray Davis, transfer running back from Vanderbilt. He is going to rack up numbers this fall for the Kentucky Wildcats, and I'm going to tell you why. There are a couple of really easy reasons that I think Ray Davis is going to be one of the better running backs in the SEC and why he statistically is going to be a very solid pickup for the Wildcats uh, this offseason. A quick note before we dive into that, something I did not realize about Ray Davis is I actually have been following Ray Davis's career for a lot longer than I knew I was. In 2019, uh, Ray Davis was playing for Temple, and the only reason I realized, oh wait, I've seen this guy around the block quite a bit, and I've watched this guy before, Back in 2019 is because Ray Davis's actual name is Ramon Davis, and he goes by Ray. And I remember back in the day seeing at Temple heading into that 2020 season, looking at preview magazines and thinking, hey, they've got a guy here who almost ran for 1,000 yards returning to their team. Uh, he should be pretty good. And he was pretty good for about three games before, unfortunately, uh, his, uh, his season was cut short due to injury. Only got to play in three games there. So... Uh, Kentucky it was able to pick him up after he moved to Vanderbilt following that injury-riddled 2020 season. Uh, in case you did not know, Davis spent two years with the Volunteers. Pull up his game logs here really quickly for you guys. I'm really impressed with what he was able to do this past cycle 
running over for over 1,000 yards in 2021. He only played in three games and had 211 yards, averaged 4.8 yards per carry, which actually ties his career high in a season uh, thus far. So it's his fifth and final year in college football, and that's kind of where I want to start here. One of the biggest reasons why I think Ray Davis will be a big-time pickup for the Wildcats this offseason is that he's got the experience. And you look again across his uh, across his college football career, played 12 games as a freshman, seven in between those two years at Vanderbilt and Temple, and then all 12 last year for the Commodores. And I think the biggest thing we have to note layered on top of this experience is that it's SEC experience. Take a look at his game logs from 2022. All of you know very well about what he did against the Wildcats Last fall, he ran for over 120 yards and a touchdown, averaged five yards per carry. He also had a really good game against Florida, 122 yards on 30 carries. His best game, though, was against South Carolina in a loss. He had a receiving touchdown in this game for five yards. He did not reach the end zone rushing, but 20 attempts for 167 yards, averaged 8.4 yards per carry. Three of his four best games with the Commodores, they ended up picking up a dub in, and all three of the all four of those games, uh, he ran for over 100 yards. He also had uh, four receptions against Ole Miss and 105 yards in a, in a rushing touchdown as well. So in SEC play against teams not named Tennessee, Georgia, or Alabama, he ended up playing really, really well. And I'm intrigued to see what he's able to get uh, to do against the SEC. This fall, So that's, I think, the biggest thing for me is the experience and then the SEC experience layered on top of that. I think the second thing we have to move to here is what Kentucky's offensive identity is going to look like under Liam Cohen. So what has Kentucky been for the past decade or so underneath Mark Stoops? Well, for the early part of the, the Kentucky tenure, they were trying to establish themselves as a, as a ground-and-pound style team that was really able to control the line of scrimmage, especially on the offensive side of the ball. As recruiting has developed and as Mark Stoops has continued to build this program up, that's become more of a staple and more of an identity of what UK football is and what it wants to be moving forward. They ha- they've had some really good running backs, some bell cow backs, I might add, and then they've had some really good offensive lines that have turned out NFL talent on top of that. When you look at this year's team and last year's team, I think that you have to assume that this year underneath uh, Liam Cohen with Devin Leary and uh, Barry and Brown and Dane Key and Tavion Robinson and a really good tight end room, Kentucky is going to throw the football. And I don't think they're going to throw the football a ton because of what Mark Stoops said at SEC Media Days is saying that they want to get back to kind of a ground and pound style offense. And that's where they want to reestablish their identity this fall. But I think they really do have the opportunity to sling the ball around the yard a little bit. But I don't think that that takes away from Ray Davis and what he statistically can be for UK this season for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think that Mark Stoops traditionally has had bell cow backs at UK that have rushed for a ton of yards. And there's no reason to believe that Ray Davis doesn't get the majority of the touches in this room, despite there being some really good names here as well. I think Ray Davis is going to end up being that number one guy and he's going to stick with it, barring injury. Hopefully no injuries. And then I think the offensive line as well is revamped and will give Kentucky an opportunity to really test this run game and make it a little bit better every single week until you head into SEC play uh, here through the month of September. You've got three games where you have an opportunity to kind of reestablish things and show the world, hey, 
guess what? We've got some really good receivers, and we've got a great quarterback and a really good offensive coordinator, but we're going to run this football, and we're going to prove to everybody that we are back after being one of the worst in the nation last year. We are reestablishing our offensive identity through Ray Davis and through this O-line and through this rushing attack, and I really do hope Kentucky takes advantage of that opportunity. They can even do it against Vanderbilt in Week 4, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Vanderbilt's a slouch because the Commodores did beat Kentucky last year, but the point here being is that Kentucky despite having strengths and other areas of this offense, I think wants to get back to running the football. And so therefore, there's reason to believe that the very experienced fifth-year SEC running back, Ray Davis, who's already run for over 1,000 yards in this conference in a worse system and behind a worse offensive line, uh, he could do that this year. He could put up some numbers. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think about Ray Davis? What do you think about this rushing attack as a whole and this offense for Kentucky football this fall. You can leave all that in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram at is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. You can hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.